Welcome to Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. I'm your host, Susan Lyles. Travel with me today to Waynesboro, Mississippi, and find out about how this wonderful library is serving their community. And they're in a unique location. So stay tuned. Today, we are in Waynesboro, Mississippi, with the system director, Patsy Brewer. Welcome. Thank you very much. What you have done here with this place is just amazing. I am just blown away by all the community involvement you have and the support. You have this great friends group. Uh, but first, tell, tell me the history of the library. How, how did it get started? Okay, well, like most public libraries in Mississippi, they were founded by women's civic clubs. So our library started in May of 1934 with an afternoon tea. And the civic clubs that, there were five of them, the Fort Knightley Club, the United Daughters of the Confederacy, the Maids and Matron, the Present Day, and the Fine Art Club. So these ladies got together, formed the library, and not only did they volunteer to establish the library, but they also, of course, started collecting books for the collection. So since that time, a few years later down the road, the library joined the East Mississippi Regional Library System, which was several counties together. But in 1998, the library established the Waynesboro-Wayne County Library. It has been in five different locations, and we moved in a former Walmart building with 17,000 square feet of space in 2003. Okay, so... And you've been here quite some time, right? As the I have been director? here since 1993, so 26 years. Well, you know what? You can never underestimate the power of women. That's right. You get women <laughs> together and they want to accomplish something, they can do whatever they want to do. And that is obvious in this library. So tell me how it came about that you got this Walmart building. Well, we actually had applied for a grant through the Mississippi Library Commission to expand the building we were in, which was 6,000 square feet, and we were going to double the space. Then the city of Winesboro purchased this building, and all of a sudden we were going from 6,000 to 17,000 in the year 2000, and we moved in in 2003. So that means that you've been here for quite some time. Yes, been in this building. And how much, how, what a percentage does the actual physical library take? How much of the space does it take? We are in currently 17,000 square feet and we have renovated another 10,000 square feet for the museum. So there's only 7,000 left that we hope to develop down the road. Now, that gives you some ample storage though, right? We have wonderful storage. <laughs> Which is really an issue for most libraries, I think. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that's a great thing for you. Another thing that you have here that no other library in this state has is a bookstore gift shop. We have a wonderful Friends of a Library bookstore and gift shop. It is ran by the Friends volunteers from 10 to 5, Monday through Friday and they sell things like jewelry and purses and uh, homemade things that are made by Mississippi artists. 
And books, magazines, office supplies, cappuccino machine, snacks, things like that. So we are very grateful. I have to say that I stopped in and supported it this morning. Yes, yes. we're happy of that too. <laughs> I mean, you just can't not, you know. It is just, it's such a lovely little space and these ladies are so dedicated. It's, it's obvious. So tell me, has it always been that way? Have, have these folks always supported you like this? Yes, even in the other building when we did not have the space to do a bookstore, the friends still did book sales and all kind of different programs. So when we moved into this building and we're doing the remodeling process, we made sure to put in the space for the bookstore. Well, it is absolutely wonderful. And you also have that great little internet cafe out front. Yes, I think we were the first uh, library in the state to have an internet cafe, and that has been great too. We have a lot of Wi-Fi users. That, that, that's really great for the members of the community to be able to have that, because I'm sure a lot of the residents of this community don't have internet access at home, I would think. They do not, and if they do, they have such slow speeds. So we see in the parking lot, we have 24-7 Wi-Fi in the parking lot. So even after we're closed on the weekends, Sundays, we still see people sitting in the parking lot using the Wi-Fi. The physical space here is, I mean, you have a, a fireplace. It's just so comfortable. It's like coming into somebody's home. Mm -hmm. Y'all put a lot of love and care into this library, and it really shows. We do. We're not the typical quiet library. We're, you know, we have free coffee at the front. Come in, you know, grab a cup of coffee, sit down, uh, talk, you know, whatever you want to do. We want people to feel at home. I did get to come to your holiday fundraiser. Yes. So tell us about that. What, how, does, how does that work? How much do you raise? Okay. The Friends of the Library each year in November sponsor a Christmas tasting bee. And in the tasting bee, we always have a theme. So this year's theme is Mad About Platt. So we're doing, uh, doing a red and black theme. And uh, so we have volunteer friend members who will cook about 18 different items and people buy a ticket for $12 and they go through the line and they are given a small taste of each one of the items that have been cooked. We also have entertainment, piano playing, uh, Christmas music, things of that nature. So this is our biggest fundraiser. And sometimes we do a cookbook that we sell that goes along with the theme. And um, so usually raise anywhere between $1,500 and $2,000 a year. When we came, it was the Pioneer, Pioneer Woman. Woman. Pioneer yes. Woman, yes. Oh, the food was so great. And I loved seeing the students performing, singing, playing piano. I mean, what a great way to just involve the whole community. Now, do you do other fundraisers throughout the year? We do different things. We do not do another tasting bee, but we do, you know, book sales. We have different events. We uh, One of the things that's been very successful for the friends, we have had two bake sales. And we raised enough money from the first one to purchase three computers for the library. So you just set it up in the library or in the gift shop We area? set out in front of the library and we had asked our friends members to donate and we have just had tons of cakes and pies and everything was homemade. And we sold out by 12 o'clock. Now, what sort of programming do you do for your patrons? Well, we have different things. Uh, one of the most popular things, we have a Between the Lines book club that meets once a month. And we have about 20 members and we've been 
meeting for about seven to ten years very successful we read a lot of variety of books and uh, it's kind of whatever happens in book club stays in book club <laughs> so Ooh, we've that. had some very interesting meetings one of the, the best things that our book club did was we read about mary surratt who was the first woman that was ever hung by the government because she was considered to be the accomplice in lincoln abraham lincoln's murder so our book club members went to the courthouse, and we sat in the jury box, and we had one of our members to be the prosecutor and one to be the defense. So we did the trial in the courthouse, and we voted at the end, and we voted she was not guilty. So uh, we had some How very great. lively discussions. That sounds great. What, what like stuff for kids? Okay. What do you do for kids? We have just recently opened in April at Excel by Five Resource Center. And that focuses on the development of children the ages zero through five. So we have 41 different kits that they can check out. And this is to help them to learn their ABCs, uh, just different sensory things that they need to know. And they can check these out and uh, use those. We also have our annual summer reading program, which we have in June. We have eight different programs. And this past year we had 242 kids. And we partner with the local uh, Wayne County High School, and they deliver lunch to the children after we have the program. So that has actually increased our attendance. Um, how many Friends members do you have? We have close to between 100 and 150. We have an active uh, Friends of the Library Board of about 10 members. And we have many, many volunteers who work in the bookstore. Uh-huh. Well, um... How great to have that kind of support, Patsy. Yes, it is. So tell us about your funding. How, how are you funded? Through county? We are funded from the county, Wayne County Board of Supervisors. We receive one mail each year, whatever they take in from that. We're also funded by the City of Waynesboro and also, of course, the Mississippi Library Commission with the LSGA grants, the personnel grants, and the health and insurance. So it's about a third almost it works out to be. Mm-hmm. And now, you do serve the entire Wayne County, Yes, we're the only public library in Wayne County. The city of Waynesboro has a little over 5,000 people. Yeah, that, that's pretty big. Yes. And I, I did see that the whole county is like 20,000? 20, 20,000 individuals, yes. Mm -hmm. But I would imagine that is mostly rural, right? Very rural, uh -huh. yes, it is. What really put Waynesboro or Wayne County on the map originally was the railroad, right? Yes. Like so many Mississippi towns, uh, the railroad was built from Mobile up through Waynesboro, and the town was built around the railroad track, which made sense, of course, because that's where all the transportation was coming from. Right, and so it was a booming community then, oh, right? Yes, very much so. Wayne County was founded in 1809, so it has quite a history to it. It sounds like it. So tell us a little bit about the history of the county. The second lieutenant governor of Mississippi was Lieutenant uh, Governor James Patton. He was from here. The 21st governor of Mississippi was John McRae, and it was the railroad town. And also sawmills were very big in the town uh, because that's the lumber, the logging. That was a, a big industry at that time. Uh, the first drive-through bank is here in Winesboro. The first drive-through bank in Mississippi was yes, here? Yes, it or? has its state marker right, right across from the post office. Also the largest cave in Mississippi is here, the Pitts Cave. Also, with two really uh, historical things, we have two men, Andy Wheeler and Roger Raines, who discovered fossils that were 28 million years old here. They are in the Museum of Natural Science in Jackson. And also, we've had a documentary on the Chickasaw River, which is very important to the county. 
that documented that it is 35 million years old. The river is The 30? river. And how they could tell that if you go down the river, uh, you can look at the sea level, which used to be extremely high, and there are still seashells and fossils embedded in the banks of the Chickasaw River. You were talking about some historic markers, and I did read that uh, Wayne County has 13 oh, yes. historic yes. markers. Which would make sense since it's you know, 1809. So we have several of the churches that have markers, and okay. we have different locations. But um, yes, and then of course the lieutenant governor, the second lieutenant, he has a marker too yeah. as well. And I think there's one for the bank you were talking about. Yes, there is one for the bank. And I guess that is a big deal. I mean, the first drive-through, can bank. you imagine? Yes. I mean, that's that's a big deal. Now, you do have a pretty big festival here called the yes. Whistle Stop. We have Whistle Stop Festival in April. It attracts between eight and 10,000 people. What? And every year, the library has a booth there. It's a big community event, and it has like an antique car show, a 5K run, it has space jumps, it has children's train rides, lots and lots of food and lots and lots of arts and crafts, live music. So it's a really big deal. And this is actually, we've celebrated our 15th year of the Whistle Stop Festival. You know, there are not many communities in Mississippi that can claim that because, mm -hmm. you know, festivals come and go and to be able to, for a community of 5,000 people to have a festival that right. draws 10,000. I mean, yes. that's pretty impressive. So you just got an award from the Library of Congress. Yes, we received an award for the Library of Congress State Literacy Award for our laundry and literacy project, which is something unique. We have placed laundry baskets in four different laundry mats here in town. Every two weeks, the library staff they take uh, books and magazines and word search books, colors, crayons, uh, different items to put in the baskets so that residents can either read the items while they're doing their laundry or either they can take them home. And it's been very successful. We actually, August, this is one year, and we estimate that we have given away between three and 4,000 books. We go every two weeks. There may be three or four items left out of 40 to 50 items that we place in the baskets. So we've been very amazed and it's been very successful. And also our patrons, when we first announced the project, uh, our patrons got involved and they started donating magazines and books specifically for the laundromats. So we were trying to reach out as an outreach program to reach people who maybe traditionally do not come to the library, uh, Hispanic population, men that travel, they work, they you know drive a truck, they're offshore. We were trying to reach people who may not be familiar with the services of the library. You know, the laundromat is not somewhere that most people think about providing reading material, but I mean, what a perfect place. Yes, because they're sitting there waiting for their laundry to you know, either wash or dry. And then what mo most people do, of course, is they they're on their cell phones. Right. So this is something else for them to do. And usually they have children in tow. Yes. So yes. the fact that you're providing children's literature also is right. is just it's just amazing. Tell us about what you plan to do with the award you got with the fu the funds. Okay, we received two thousand one hundred dollars from the award, and we plan to actually buy the little free libraries and place in each of these four. Uh, laundry mats, which will be something different and also it'll be something more noticeable, I think, that people will pay attention to. 
For our listeners who aren't familiar with the Little Free Library, tell us about what, what that is. Okay. So the Little Free Library is a small, smaller, like a box, almost bigger, uh, but it has shelves in it that you can put books in. And you open the door, it has a glass front, but it's more of a leave a book, take a book. But what we're wanting to do is to give the books away. So we want to do the same process of replenishing uh, the Little Free Library with books and materials every two weeks. And those folks can just go in there and get whatever they want. That's right. Take that it home. is. I mean, what a gift. I know you have another big project, uh, the museum. Yes. We have been working on establishing a Wayne County Historical Museum and Arts Center next door. And the building, the 10,000 square feet, has been completely renovated through a grant with MDOT and the Mississippi Development Authority. And so right now, our library board, we are in the process of collecting artifacts, Wayne County artifacts. So uh, that's taking a little while, but we are very excited about being, being able to open the museum because one of the things that Waynesboro really needs is a um, tourist attraction. You know, uh, so we're hoping that this will be uh, very successful like the library with the uh, amount of people coming in, four to 5,000 people a month. So we're hoping this will attract people to come to the museum and the library. So you have 4,000 visitors a month? We have between four and 5,000 a month. We have an electronic counter at the front door. So every time you walk through the door, it counts the number of people coming in. So we keep up with that, but that's our average between four and five. And during summer reading, it is more than that. All right, let's talk about some of the challenges you face here at the library. Well, of course, I'm sure with most public libraries, the current challenge is budget funds. Uh, we were cut by the Mississippi State Legislature during the three or four year process, and we lost about $22,000. So, you know, that was, start off with it was just small cuts, but then the last cut we received was $10,000. So that was quite a jolt in one year. And of course, there's so many things we would like to do if we had the additional funds, like provide uh, additional digital resources for the public. Uh, that's something that we haven't done due to budget cuts. So Now, when you say digital resources, what does like that mean? Like homework help, different databases that the public could use, the, the students, different things. And of course, once you subscribe to those things, like Hoopla, for example, there's a yearly fee that goes along with it. So it's not a one-time purchase. So you'd have to have the budget funds to maintain that particular database. Right. Now, um, the Library Commission is now providing that for you guys, right? Yes, we are going live the day after Labor Day on Tuesday with Hoopla for eBooks. Oh, that's exciting. Mm -hmm. See, we are so glad that we are able to do yes. that for the libraries now. Now, um, you mentioned earlier that uh, the funding you receive from the LSTA grants, which is our federal support. Yes. And can you tell us some of the projects that you've done with LSTA funding? Wow, so many. <laughs> oh, so many. That's well, actually, awesome. okay, so uh, one of our biggest ones that, that we're very proud of that is used a lot is the Teen Zone. So with an LSTA grant, we were able to purchase a PlayStation that has PS4, Xbox One, and Wii U. And this is what the teenagers come in to use to play the different games, they'll find a buddy. So all of that was funded by LSTA. And of course, we have written many LSTA grants to fund uh, computers. We do every Thursday from 10 to 12, we do a free computer class. 
for people to come and uh, so that has been really great for us but uh, so many things we have you know purchased DVDs purchased books computers laptops just a variety of things with our LS team on yeah it frustrates me when people say oh well why do we need libraries anymore when you can yeah <laughs> so give me your feedback on that well libraries are so so much more than books these days I mean like our library here, we have three public meeting rooms. We, the, the largest meeting room, which is 2,000 square feet, is so booked every month. We have different Lions Club meet here, the churches meet here, people do training meet here. Uh, we have, of course, the computers are different. They're not, they know they're available for the public to use. And we have so many people that come in and use them for government services to apply for their unemployment, for example. That's a big thing, because you no longer can do it uh, by paper or by phone anymore. Uh, we have children's programs. We have the summer reading program uh, for the kids, and just a variety. We have a you know a fax service here. We have a free notary service. Uh, we have ten thousand Legos. I mean, <laughs> well, and you just said too that you um, have a computer class yes. for now. Is it mostly adults? It is mostly adults, and a lot a lot of time it's senior citizens, mm -hmm. which and is I, great. And I love that. Yes. I mean, they didn't grow up in the era of right. technology. And so to provide that free service, which most of them, I'm yes. sure, are on very limited incomes, mm -hmm. yes. and now they can mm -hmm. learn new technology thanks to the library, and that's really exciting to me. How, how many people do you have? We The computer lab uh, has 10 computers in it, so we can only take 10 at a time. But what we do is a lot of the people that come to the first one, we will continue on for two or three weeks until they feel comfortable with you know, using Microsoft Word, uh, setting up an email, using the internet, getting on Facebook, how to cut and paste. Uh, so we go through the, kind of the basics first, and then we do, eventually we'll do an advanced class. Where has your furthest visitor come from, your furthest patron? Do you know? Alaska. What? Alaska? Yes. We have people that come from different states and they will come in and they, you know, they're very amazed by the building and we've never seen anything like this before. And uh, they'll I'll always ask, where are you from? You know, are you from, and people from California and different places. But we have had people from Alaska to come. To now, library. are they here to see family? or They're they... here to see family and sometimes they'll come, you know, and stay during the summer. So they use our library. Or we've had, uh, for example, our meeting room was used by the Mississippi Press Association. They had their uh, quarterly meeting here. And so they were newspaper editors from around Mississippi. And uh, they were just amazed too. Uh, one of them, they, they would go around taking pictures of the library. So we were very happy with that. <laughs> well, for our listeners who aren't familiar, this is, it is a amazing building. Whose idea was it? Well, uh, it was the mayor and the board of aldermen that bought the building. And uh, it's a really amazing to me because a lot of people that come in here, you'll have to tell them it was a former Walmart building. You know, they do not recognize that that's what it was because it's been so remodeled and the color changed and different things that are in here. But they do not recognize that from the outside, it's a Walmart building. So It doesn't look like yes. it, for sure. And, and recently you had a wonderful mural painted yes. on we the side of the building. Very happy to receive a grant for the uh, Bicentennial of the State of Mississippi in 2017 when they were celebrating 200 years. And so we have a 30-foot high, 60-foot wide uh, Wayne County historical mural that depicts the history of the county from 1765 to 2017. If you could give some advice to a new librarian, a new library director, say, 
what what would you tell them? I would tell them to get involved in their community because you can partner so many partnerships. And I think that's very important. Yes, it's important to you know have books and, and work with your staff, but it's more important that your library should be the heart of the community. And I think if you will strive to do that, you will have so much support behind you to help you uh, develop your library. That really is great advice. If you found yourself with $3,000 extra, dollars, what would you do? If I had $3,000, what I would do is to have programs each month that focus on art and STEM programming. Because as you know, art was something that was taken out of the schools, very sadly. So I would love to have classes where you bring in someone who does pottery, someone who makes jewelry, they do uh, candles, things like that. That's something that is no longer seems to be in the community. And the other thing I would do was to have a Lego club for the kids. Uh, have them to be able to work when building robots and coding classes, things of that nature. Programming to me, you attract a different group of people. Maybe everybody doesn't love to read, but there's so many things that you can do in a library and that's the way to bring people together. Give us a specific story about how your library changed someone's life. Well, I think to me the best story that I remember over the years is when Hurricane Katrina happened. Our library here was a distribution center for everything. The National Guard gave out ice and water in the parking lot. They would drive through and pick it up. The American Red Cross came here. We gave the, They gave away the EBT, the food cards. And also, with the Library Commission, we were also the distributor of books that had been donated across the country. I can remember an 18-wheeler pulling up with his tons of books, and so the public libraries around the state came and you could you know pick up anything you wanted free to help with your library but the main thing i remember the most is there were so many people from the coast and from new orleans that came up this way to say so for our listeners tell us how far you are from the coast we're two and a half hours okay About two and a half hours from the coast and so we were back up and running and we had internet service which means people could get on the computer and look things up so we had so many people that would come up and use the computers to type in their address and sit there and watch to see a satellite image load to see if their house was still standing. I can remember standing there with a husband and wife and they were just waiting for the screen to load to see if the house was there or had it been completely destroyed. And to me that was very life-changing because that was such a scary moment for them but very fortunately the house was there but so many people were coming from katrina to use our services and we were so happy because it was so devastating to help people you know <laughs> i don't think anyone who is not from mississippi will ever understand no. what that storm meant to our state you know, as far north as central Mississippi, it was, everyone was tremendously affected. Yes. Yes. So for the library to be able to offer that service, mm -hmm. um, I know it had to be devastating. Yes. It had to be so sad to see families who had lost everything. It, I just, I can't imagine. But what a great resource you provided for them. Um, so what's your favorite story? About your life. <laughs> okay. Well, I know you have a bunch. I, well, the one I guess that's the most touching to me is uh, when we were in the other building, we had a mother to come in right before Christmas. 
And one of the things that her little girl wanted for Christmas was a library card. Oh. So she came in and she applied for a card and she said, I'm going home and I'm going to wrap this up just like a present and put it under the Christmas tree. So to me, that was the most touching thing that a child, that was one of the things they wanted for Christmas was a library card. Now, did you meet this child? No, I did not. Oh. But the mother, mother came in and she explained what she was doing and I was just so, just so happy to see her. I would have cried. Yes. I mean, that yes. is just precious, mm -hmm. you know. For a child to already have that love of books and want a library card, I mean, that is, that's just incredible. So what kind of reference questions do you get? Do you get some interesting ones? We do, but I think my favorite things are when it's kind of like Antiques Roadshow. When people come in and they bring their objects that they're trying to identify, like maybe an old map, an old photograph, a, a book that is copyrighted in 1850, coins and they're trying to identify and they're not sure where to go. So they come to the library and they show you their items and of course we are very happy to get on the computer and research and find information for them and also we always refer them to the Mississippi Department of Archives and History for further research, but it's so interesting to see what they have, their treasures they're bringing to show you. Oh, I bet that is interesting. You are having your own little mini antiques right. roadshow here. Right. You know, I've never heard anybody say that, that they have people who actually bring oh, yes. their goods in to... Stamps. That's another popular thing. Now, have you ever found one that was really valuable? Or? Well, we've given them the resources. We have the stamps, you know, price guide here and other sites to look at. So they have quite a few. So they would take the books home and look to see if they found something. But just to see, you know, what you never know what people have. What kind of other outreach do you do? This year in September, we'll be participating in the maternity fair, oh. which is for expectant mothers will come, and we have agencies here that will uh, give them information about you know their first child. And so the only requirement is you have to be pregnant to come. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would let me out. <laughs> Oh, that's so fun. You know, libraries are playing more and more of a role in healthcare these days. Oh, yes. yes. I think that's so interesting, giving free, like, screenings. Mm -hmm. yes. And um, so, you know, when we say that libraries are the heart of the community, they really are. Actually, we have a little free library that we are wanting to put at the hospital. Oh, that's great. So that's one of our next next projects. Yeah, for people in the waiting right. room. Right, Yeah. Well, you just really come up with some of the most innovative, creative, and, and you are obviously a very creative person, uh, but it is so obvious in your library. It just shows how much you love your community and how valuable uh, your patrons are to you. Mm -hmm. And um, my hat's off to you, really. You do a great job. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. And we encourage you to visit your public library often.